And we are back, Suburban Dads, live from Suburban Dad Studio. I don't remember when we did this last, but it's been a. Did we we did one after the holidays, I think. But I think so, it's yeah. been uh, kind of post. I think post Freddie being fired, um, post Dorsey being fired, but before any of the hires were made. Yeah. So. Good to be back. That was a flawless intro right there, considering how rusty we should be. Um, really knocked it out of the park there. So I guess uh, I guess we got to start with the Browns, right? Uh, I mean, a lot next of, year's their year. A lot of press conferences being won around these parts. I think they're really, really knocking it out of the park. Jimmy, I saw Jimmy the other day. Mister Haslam is. As confident as he could be that they got it right this, this time. This time. Yeah. Well. Yeah, they got it right. So we got... If he learns from experience, they they should get it right, but I don't know that he, he does or has. Yeah, yeah. I I guess, what, where, where's your confidence level at this point? Low. Yeah, I've got... I Low. have zero confidence that they got it right. The only, the only thing I like, and we talk about this every year, is it seems like this guy, even though he's an offensive coordinator, he's not going to call the plays. He's going to let his offensive coordinator call the plays, which, again, I like. But I wanted them to get somebody who, who'd done it before. I didn't want another first-time head coach because there's so much to learn. And, you know, we keep being the, the proving grounds for, for these guys – so I didn't love it, but yeah, only time will tell. Yeah, I don't. I think I'm going to be haunted by the fact that Bruce Arians was openly campaigning to be our coach while he was announcing games, and and we didn't even interview him, like last year. Yeah, you know, I, I, he 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 has wanted to be here since the Steelers fired him, and. Multiple times we've had the opportunity to bring him here. We haven't done it. And it's like, why do we make this so hard? Like, why does this have to be so hard? It's not supposed to be this hard. The system is not set up for it to be this hard. No. And we just keep on fucking it up. No. Like, it, and, and I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to keep all of my anger and energy and emotion aimed at Hazel, not at the new guys. Um, Stefanski. Good-looking fella, you know, looks the part. Has a nice beard. Um, good, uh, good salt and pepper look. Good salt and pepper look that I appreciate. I can, you know, he and I are in the salt and pepper club. Salt and pepper or pepper? <laughs> pepper. Um, Andrew Barry, I probably have a little bit of an axe to grind because like he was here and and part of that front office that engineered one and thirty-one. Um, and it's kind of hard to, you know, differentiate him from that, knowing that, you know, yeah, we kind of did that on purpose, but yeah, you kind of fucked up some of the draft picks too, and you know, that's still good players you could have taken, and and that got messed up. I mean, I just, I go back to and. Our last podcast was so long ago, I don't remember if I said it, but I probably did. The biggest thing is we had a guy who knew how to get talent in Dorsey, and we gave him a little over a year. Yeah. Uh, or I guess really two years, a little over two years. Um, but, yeah, I'm just – I have no – I have no – I'm not hopeful right now. I don't think anybody is. Yeah, I did. did, did it seemed – the the – 
they've they've really kind of sapped the fans at this point um, in terms of excitement. Even like with Baker, like well, gosh, we haven't even talked about the o- the Odell uh, Beckham shit show at the national championship game where he was <laughs> where he was like handing, handing out, out cash, cash making it rain making it players. making it rain to the players like on camera like i remember watching the game and seeing that and i'm like i don't yeah, i'm not an thing. ncaa uh regulator but i'm pretty sure you can't do that yeah smacking the smacking the rent a cop in the ass yeah uh like i and just <laughs> Did you see? Have you seen all the the shit going around Twitter with like Baker looks out of shape? And, Did you see the pictures? He oh, does look. He out does of look shape. out now, of could shape. Could have yeah. been the angle yeah. of the camera and the shadows, but he well, looked out of shape. It didn't help. Did you see the group he was with well, on that boat? They're professional athletes. What do you want him to look like? Me? No, no. I'm just saying. Like you saw, you saw Baker like, looked like me. No. The other guys looked like professional athletes. He was the guy that the hot chicks bring along to make them look even better like he was the ugly girl that like and makes them look even better they probably they probably don't look that good but standing next to next to baker all of a sudden their abs were a little more defined <laughs> biceps were popping a little bit more but, but yeah if you're baker you need to hang out with the offensive line if you're gonna look like that like he looked like a 35 year old dad yeah um like if you're gonna look like that you don't hang out with the guys who are in the gym, you know, for three hours a day. Go with the, the offensive line, the guys eating burgers and, you know, crushing beers. But he needs to be in the gym three hours a day. He does. No, I mean, and that, that I was thinking of that, like, so I'm 40, married, two kids, a job that is fairly time demand, has a lot of demands on my time. What's he, 24? Yeah. Married. No kids. Part of his job is being in shape. I should not be in better shape than him. And I probably am. Based on those pictures, you are. And and it's like, like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, I I don't know. Like, at some point, is he going to just end up... Like, I was thinking about this this morning. Is he going to... We all like the swagger and the chip on his shoulder and the cockiness. Like, we liked that the first season. The second season, we were like, "Ah, I don't know. This kind of doesn't make sense. Maybe he's just a dick. Maybe he's Jeff George. You remember Jeff George? Oh, yeah. Dude was super talented. He was just a huge dick, and nobody kept him around because he was such a dick. Well, he had a great arm. He also wasn't that great at reading defenses, but he had a cannon. He had an absolute cannon. But, yeah, he was a dick. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no. What if Baker's just – he's not the cockiness and swagger that we like. What if that's not a positive? What if that just means he's a dick? I don't know, it, it then the whole house card starts to crumble down and I, I can't think about can't think about that but it's possible yeah uh, I, yeah if he's not the player that they they hoped he was last year you're talking about another four or five year oh, rebuild yeah yep but anyway I I don't know I, I 
I didn't. <laughs> so a lot of people loved it. I don't know if I loved it when he was doing it all because I like I saw Patrick Mahomes the other day in the in the parade, and I think it was somebody like threw him a beer and he chugged the beer during the parade and I got to thinking I was like that's awesome he waited till after he won the Super Bowl to chug his beer on national TV yeah you know whereas Baker kind of did it you know too soon and it was cool when he did it at the time I get it but um, I don't know I just hope he doesn't think he's entitled to something that he's not entitled to and I hope he's willing to work for it as a Browns fan yeah and then uh, fucking OBJ and again I didn't love it when they got him, but he, now he's saying a bunch of shit about, you know, he hurt all year and it would have been a different story if he'd have been healthy. And it's like, just fucking shut up for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've come to the point where I think they just need to get rid of him. My only fear is what's that do to the, the relationship then with Jarvis Landry? Because everything that Jarvis – or everything that – Odell Beckham isn't Jarvis Landry is but what if and I and and like if you trade his best friend now is that gonna like screw everything up yeah I mean I agree with that because Jarvis is awesome he's amazing but what if it's what if it's a little different scenario what if Jarvis is like I love OBJ as a person but I know we're a better team without him Mm mm-hmm and maybe there's some of that too. Like, I mean, there's people in your life that you can really love and care about and would do anything for, but you wouldn't want to spend every day with them at work. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, maybe it's that scenario too where he knows. I hope so. I, but I don't know. I We'll see what happens. But, yeah, like you said, I, the next time I think about the Browns will probably be on draft day, and I won't be too excited. I'll just be like, who would they take? And then the next time after that I'll think about them will be the night of their pre- first preseason game. Be like, oh, hey, the Browns are on. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, they, I, think, I think they've burned through their credit at this point. Oh, absolutely. I shared – I want to give credit here where credit is due. I, I told you this stat already, but it's so mind-boggling I'm going to repeat it. Now, I heard it on another podcast, so – uh, heard it on the A to Z podcast. So it, it's Andre Knott who does the side, the like field reporting for the Indians, and then Zach Jackson who's the uh, Browns reporter for the for the Athletic. And so um, the stat was that in the next two years, the Browns would have to go twenty-two and ten. So essentially, two eleven and five seasons in the next two years to equal the record that they had under Randy Lerner. So in order for the Haslam ownership to equal the Ler- the Randy Lerner ownership in the same time period, same amount of games, they have to go 22-10, and 10, which is just like crazy that, number one, that it was that bad. Um, you know, we thought that the Randy Lerner era was awful, uh, and that the Haslam era has been that much worse. Is I mean, when you stop and think about it, you're like, yeah, I can see that one in thirty-one. That catches up with you pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but it's like, man, it's been a decade of such, incompetence, such ineptitude. Yeah. Um, like you said, you don't. You almost have to. If you tried to be this bad for this long, you would at some point luck into an eight and eight season. Right. 
Right. But the Browns haven't fucking been able to do it. Yeah, we're hanging our hat on seven, <laughs> eight, and one. What a magical, what a magical season that was. Seven, eight, and one. I'll always have that year. <clears throat> All right. Do we? Do we even need, like the Cavs? Like, what are they doing? Yeah, they got Andre Drummond for nothing. Why? Why not? Not for, like I don't understand from a team building standpoint. Let's say well, he. I, let's, let, oh, okay, just okay. in my head, there has to be a plan. That that move can't fit into any plan that they're trying to do. I don't think. So, like, what would the reason be? I, I kind of liked it because they kind of gave up nothing for him. So they're thinking either I think his his sal I think his contract expires after this year and he's got a player option for next. So they're thinking, okay, if he walks away, we gave up nothing for him. Now we've got all that cap space available, right? We or at least some cap space available when he walks. Um, or maybe we could do a sign and trade with him and get something back for him at the you know uh, this off. Or maybe he picks up his option and he comes back next year. He's the best offensive rebounder in the NBA, and they've got two guards who love to shoot and aren't very successful at it. So maybe they finally just gave up and they said, fuck it. We can't make these guys pass the ball, so we're going to get the best rebounder to try to rebound their misses. I thought it was kind of clever. Or maybe they're doing my strategy in football, which is... To buck the trend, well, when I everybody's passing, right. you, when everybody's passing, you start running. The Kansas City Shuffle. Everybody <laughs> looks left, you go right. So maybe they're going to go big. They're going to go with maybe they're going to play, uh, play Kevin Love at the small forward. A lot of half court <laughs> they'll go, sets. They'll go Drummond and Tristan right. and Kevin Love, and then they'll have all three of those guys attack the basket and try to just beat you up on the boards. I mean, think about it. They'd get every offensive rebound against Houston. Houston's biggest guy's now B.J. Tucker after they traded Clint Capella. So I, I'm thinking maybe Dan Gilbert's just ahead of the curve here. I saw somebody somebody say that, like, just fuck it. Do it. Make Have Kevin Love be the three. Have Tristan be the, the four. Drummond the five. And, yeah, I, now that I'm interested in. But my whole issue with this is... Like, they're not supposed to be trying to win. And this is another move well, where, I don't like, think this helps them win. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I don't it helps know. them win. You had a, a 20 and 10 guy. I don't think To replace some guys who were, really weren't doing anything. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, it was just one of those head scratches where I was, I was a little busy yesterday. It was middle of the evening before I even saw that. I was a little late catching up on the, uh, on the trade deadline stuff. And I saw it and I'm like, what? Just a head scratcher. It's like, we did what? I thought say when it came across, I thought what, and then I started thinking about. It, I thought eh, I like it because they didn't give up anything for it. As long as I like some of the ideas that you had, you know, a, a sign and trade or okay, you, you, you basically then that's case space. you get something for nothing. Yeah, I, I just I don't want to win. As long as they don't win, then I think I'm okay. I do think it would be hilarious if they if they went and told the. Uh, Sexton and Garland, hey, we know we can't get you guys to pass. <laughs> so we've got three great offensive rebounders. Fire away. Right. That'd be fun. Um, all right. Any other sports stuff? Too early to talk Indians. I don't yeah. really. Not there yet. Uh, all right. So what else has been, uh, what else has been going on? Um, well, I have a medical story if you want to hear it. 
Well, this was like the peak of our podcast. You and medical uh, medical shenanigans. Yep. So I'm uh, I'm 43 now, and I'm I don't know five pounds away from morbidly obese. No, Not quite there yet. You're but. husky. So anyway, so big bone. Uh, yeah. So um, my dad has had a couple heart attacks. He started having them in his late 40s. I think he had his first one when he was like 47 or 48. And my uncle died of a heart attack in his late 50s, 56, 57, something like that. So um, I was just at the doctor for a physical and you know they were asking you know about um, family history and all that stuff and I was sharing all that family history with them and then I said, have you had any you know, chest pains or anything? And I said, well, I've had a little bit of tightness, nothing terrible, but so they said, okay, let's go give you, a, let's have you take a stress test. Well, I had to take an echocardiogram stress test, which I guess is a little different than a regular stress test. I don't, I don't know. So, I've had one of those. An echocardiogram stress mm-hmm. test, really? Yeah. Was yeah. that after the year incident here? Uh huh. Oh, okay. We've never talked about that on here. Okay. We might need to. Well, maybe this is the day. So I go in. Um, they schedule me, I go in, and it's in this room where it's, like, I'm the only one in this room. They have a treadmill there. They have a bed that you have to lay on. And um, talking to, there's three women in there, super nice, super friendly. And they're like, okay, you got to take off your shirt. <laughs> like, all right. So I take off my shirt, and I'm thinking, oh, I might have to take off my pants. I have to run nude. You know, like, this is one of those. Because you don't know. And she starts shaving my chest. Now I have like three hairs on my chest, um, but she, she shaved my chest. I'm like, why didn't you guys just tell me that? I could have done that before I came in here. And they're like, oh, it's not a big deal. So they shave my chest, standing there naked. Not naked, but topless, <laughs> and they're shaving my chest. And then they hook you up to all those like electrolytes. Yeah. Or electrodes, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And then, um, and then they're like, well, God, you're so young. You know, most of the people we see, you're young, you know? Thanks. <laughs> so, so they're like, we're not even going to have to do this, that, or the other thing. So then they lay me on the the, the table and they do a, an ultrasound of your heart. Yeah. Well, they couldn't find my heart or something because one of the things they told me they were going to have to do. Well, yeah, one of the things they told me they were going to have to do they couldn't do. So then they had to put like they inject you with a dye that goes into your bloodstream so that the ultrasound can see your heart better. Well, they told me they weren't going to have to do that because I was so young. Well, then all of a sudden they had to do that. Um, and then she's looking, she's looking, she's looking, and um, and they have to go get. All of a sudden, they have to go get a cardiologist. I'm like, oh Jesus, crime! And he, yeah, here we go. You know, like, what is it? Next right. thing you know, you're right. in surgery. My, yeah, right. That's what I'm thinking. I'm <laughs> like, what the hell? So then, um, after they finally do all this stuff, they put you on the treadmill and they have you run. You know, until you. Or it's not really running. I mean, the thing goes so slow, but they have you get on it. And uh, I'm not gonna lie. I impressed the shit out of these women who are used to seeing 90-year-old men on that treadmill. They couldn't believe how long I could go on that thing. I dusted every 90-year-old that they've seen for the last two months. Oh, I do. Blew them away. I do declare, Mr. Zup, you are quite the specimen. (laughs) Blew them away. Well, but anyway, but by the time you... You were doing like pirouettes and like... Like jump stops and all sorts of tricks on the treadmill. Well, the one lady, like while you're getting, so while you're on the treadmill, you're hooked up to all those, whatever, the electrodes. And now I've got a team of people behind me watching me because they've called in, they've called in two cardiologists. They called in like two other helpers. There's some like 
nurse, nursing assistant. So there's like eight or nine people in the room watching me on the fucking treadmill. So, you know, pride kicks in. I'm like, you're damn right I'm going. <laughs> Jackson High, class of 95. <laughs> right. You, right. Some of you might remember so, me from the playoffs right. that year. <laughs> right. You might have watched me at the Civic Center. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> so so then this lady who's really short um, is has got to take your blood or your pulse while you're running and they take your pulse they took my pulse like every minute or so while I'm on the treadmill and so you know I'm on the treadmill and I'm like kneeling down while I'm walking so that she can get my blood you know she's like no 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 stand up straight because it's like I'm blowing away these ninety year old motherfuckers you got to make this thing go faster and then it gets to the point where you're they're like tell us when you have a minute. And you, you want to keep going, you want to keep going, you want to, then you get to the point where you're like, I don't know that I can go another minute, can we hurry this up? And then, you know, it stops, you roll right on the bed, and then it seems like everything's okay, but that was my story, that there isn't a 90-year-old in Stark County who can keep up with me from an endurance standpoint. Once the local legend, always the local legend. If you are twice my age, I will dust you. And so, did everything come back okay, or? Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately. So I... So, <laughs> I think it was during the Super Bowl. Uh, Chris and myself and Unemployed and Hudson were <laughs> texting back and forth. And Chris was making a lot of spelling mistakes and there was a lot of autocorrect going on. And I, all, I, all I, I, I sent back that he might want to slow down on all the ice cream sandwiches because his fat fingers were making it hard to read his texts. And then, like, ten minutes later, he drops in this bit about a stress test. Well, first I said I need to get a typing wand, which was <laughs> yeah. an episode of The Simpsons where Homer <laughs> got so fat he needed a dialing wand for the phone. <laughs> and so so then I feel like shit when he mentions that he had to have a stress test for his heart, and now here I am making making innocent fat jokes. Clearly not uh, not, not wishing shaming. any harm or on... Or fat shaming. Not, no, no, not, not wishing any harm on my partner here. Um... But yeah, we never talked about when I uh, when I, I had my incident here. So we probably should, because you had a very funny line uh, right in the middle of that. So um, <laughs> that I don't know if you remember. So almost, remember. so almost two years ago, um, <laughs> we were. And, and for those of you, and most of our listeners have not met us, and that's by our choice. Um, you know, I'm consider yourself lucky. Right, I'm kind of. I'm kind of tall and, and skinny, um, you know. Not, you know, I try to try to keep myself in in somewhat good shape and good health. And uh, I was, we were in a meeting on a Friday, and kind of a it was a high power titan of industry type meeting, right? Chris and I were both in I the was, meeting. I was serving coffee, <laughs> but he happened to be in there serving <laughs> I was in the room while this happened, and. Um, I stepped out like in the middle of the meeting uh, to take a phone call and and while I was out I heard like this commotion that was not normal for really any meeting that I've ever been in. and um, and so I said hey I gotta go I think you know something's happening so I go back in and one of the other people in the meeting not Chris um, had kind of like Passed out and thrown up like at the same time. Yeah, it almost looked like they were having a seizure. Yeah, I don't know it, what the clinical de- definition was, but it looked like they were having a seizure. Kind of looked like a seizure. Um, the person had like fallen out of their chair and, and all that. And so like by the time I got back in the room, the room was kind of chaos, right? Like people were running to get help. The so people were calling nine one one. 
people were trying to help the person who had had the, I w- the I incident. Was, I was grabbing my superior's ass, trying to flip him on his side. <laughs> right. That's the only thing I remember about that day. Is I grabbed that guy's ass because yeah. I tried to flip him over so that he wouldn't choke on his own vomit. Yeah. And I just keep thinking, I grabbed that guy's ass. Every time I pass him in the hallway, I'm like, I grabbed his ass. And so by the time I came back in, it seemed like everything was under – like. Not under control, but it didn't seem like there was anything that I could do to help the situation. So I was kind of standing off to the side. And so so I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, I just kind of felt like I was getting lightheaded. And so I sat down. And the last thing I remember is somebody yelling, Oh my God, look at Jeff! (laughs) So I passed out. So now we got two people in the same meeting. Now, I didn't throw up, but we got two people in the same meeting passing out. Now, I've been in a lot of meetings in my career. You've been in a lot of meetings. I've never seen one person pass out in a meeting. <laughs> nevertheless, thankfully, by the way. Thankfully. Nevertheless, two. Yeah. And so when I come to, um, I'm now on – so I, when I blacked out, I was in a chair. When I come to, I'm now on the floor, and I've got uh, the senior VP of our area – yanking on my shoulders trying to get me to lay down and and he's like god he's like stop fighting me lay down and i'm like pulling on him and i think i wouldn't fall down and and zup is standing in front of me yelling yelling at people it's okay don't resuscitate him i know his wishes he does not want to be resuscitated You don't remember that? Yeah. I come to and you're letting everybody know not to bring me back. (laughs) I don't think – that's a funny story if I actually did that. But I don't think I did that. You did. I remember looking at you and saying something like, who would have thought you you were going to go before me? You said that too. I remember that, but I don't remember. You were telling the people around me, don't resuscitate him. He he does not want to be resuscitated. Because I, I don't even know if that's your wish, so I don't. I don't know that I unless did I say it jokingly? Or yes, like, yes, okay, yes. Ask, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Maybe I'd say it jokingly, but I thought you were like I was really you were, like you were joking. No with, CPR you for were, this gentleman. You were joking, but it was an interesting time to be joking. <laughs> But it was somebody's got like, I was smiling even through my my. Well, somebody's got to alleviate the fog the that I was on. I, yeah. You know, I'm not good for a lot, but I I've always thought that if we were in the trenches, you'd kind of want me by your side. Yep. Because I could deal with it appropriately. Yeah. I wouldn't panic yes. or run out of the room. I only have to panic when I give a speech. <laughs> People shooting at us, I think I could deal. With. <laughs> right. You seemed very calm and collected in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, so that was that's what I remember remember from from you during that during that time. Don't that. resuscitate him. Yeah. yeah. So it, from there, it turned into a whole big thing. I ended up getting carted out of the building on a stretcher. Yeah. Uh, took an ambulance ride down to the hospital. Uh, so me and the other guy were in rooms right next to each other. <laughs> um, both of us, you know, we were there for probably two or three hours. It was just a weird scene. So then they they asked me, you know, don't ask me anything in that moment because I was a little foggy. They're like, do you want us to call your wife? And I was like, no, that's okay. <laughs> right. I was like, she's at work. That's fine. Right. It's, I'm just going to piss her off right, and bother her. Right. I'm going to get blamed for this somehow. <laughs> right. Um, and so I'm at the hospital. She hadn't shown up yet. And so the 
the senior VP of our area had gone, had followed the ambulances to the hospital. So now, it's similar to your situation where you're shirtless and you got the electrode, right? So now I'm shirtless. My boss's boss is now there. I've got electrodes tied up to me. I've got an IV in my arm. I'm still a little, like, kind of feeling drunk. Um, so it's just a weird, just a weird experience trying to have a conversation with, you know, upper management while I'm shirtless. <laughs> Wasn't really what I planned that day, but but yeah, yeah. So was he asking you about your travel budget while you were there? Right. It says here you've been a little liberal with that. Now you're gonna cover that ambulance ride, right? Just because it was at work doesn't mean you can claim that. Right. Um, But yeah, no. It all ended up to be uh, much ado about nothing. Well, that's good. It was scary being in the room. It was very scary. I can imagine. I just remember waking up and I started making jokes. And I don't know, maybe it's because you were making jokes, and I'm like, all right, I'll make jokes. Well, but it was one of those things where, like, at the time when the other guy went down, it was like, okay, what do we, and then that's when I got beside him, I grabbed him, I rolled him on the side, and I really did grab his ass, but while I'm trying to save him, I'm thinking, I'm grabbing this guy's ass. You know what I mean? Like, those are the thoughts that go through my head. He must work out. There's something wrong with me. And then once I saw that you were coming to and everything was okay, it's like, all right, but... In the moment, it's yeah. it's just weird. It's it's not something you prepare for. The person beside you going down in a meeting. In a meeting. Yeah, right. no, no, we're, not, we're not on the battlefield. We're in a meeting. Yeah, I I, uh, I remember when we got stretchered out. Like the uh, uh, it was lunchtime, and there was like a uh, a recruitment visit for like college kids who there was like a tour going on and like we you know they're wheeling i'm strapped to a gurney they're wheeling me out the front door and i and i see like this you know kind of through the haze i see this group and i'm like i was like fool i was like this isn't going to be good for recruitment it's like they're wheeling two people out on stretchers at the same time what happened to those guys well they were in the they same were just meeting. Ended up in a meeting on the executive level yeah things got a little mm-hmm. dicey Pet band goes marching <laughs> right. in the middle of everything, trying to get you to your ambulance. But it, that was uh, that was an odd situation that hopefully will never happen again. Yeah, hopefully we do not repeat that anytime soon. Um, one, because it cost me a lot of money, and nothing ended up being wrong. Well, so you got ambulance so you ride. Like me, do it preventatively instead of after the fact. The ambulance ride was like five hundred bucks. Wow, I know it's crazy. Um, all right, so. You have a dad of the pod. I find, let me hit an article real quick and a quick what 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 you're watching, and then we'll do the okay. get out on the dad of the pod. All right. So I found this article. It's not a dad of the pod or pod father or whatever we call it type article, but uh, I did find it interesting. So we've talked in the past, or I brought up in the past how I've been in airports where you know you go to the little Hudson newsstand or you you know you go to the the little shops that they have in the concourse and there's porn on the shelves you know there's like penthouse or playboy like up in the magazine right. rack in the on the top row yeah like kind of wrapped in cellophane or whatever and uh you know and you know we've talked about like how that's interesting like what's what's going on with that so there's this article where united airlines now has had to start training their staff, like their flight staff, not the pilots, but like the <clears throat> the uh, flight attendants. Hell, I don't know, maybe the pilots. Um, about how to deal with people watching hardcore porn while on the flight. And I'm like, who the fuck is watching hardcore? I've never seen this. 
Like I, you're smiling like you do this. No, oh, no, okay. I'm just the, the, the fucking people, man. Yeah, like they're the worst. Like, people are the worst. So like I've, I've, um, you know, you watch them. I've watched movies on on the yeah, porn. Yeah, certainly movies. not hardcore porn, but there's been instances where like I'm watching something. And all of a sudden, there might be a boob that comes up on, you know, on the movie or something. And and in that moment, I'm like, I'm like, oh, jeez, I'm trying, right? And I'm trying not, to, yeah. The five year old next to me doesn't need to see that. Well, even if the guy's thirty five beside me, right. I still feel stupid. Yeah, I feel it's like I'm the pervert looking at right. the boob on my on right. my iPad. That's not like I'm watching like, Porky's. I'm watching, you know, like a real movie yeah. here that just happened to have a boob. But like hardcore porn, like this is a thing that they it happens enough that they need to train. And on how to deal with it, like that just boggles my mind. That is good. People are the worst. What are you gonna do with it? You can't whip it out and take care of business while you're there, or you should. Maybe shouldn't. they can. Maybe they go to the bathroom and they do. Right. What was, what was that line from uh, The Hangover? Um, Zach Galifianakis is like, is like, yeah, can't masturbate on planes anymore since 9/11. Thanks, Bin Laden, or whatever, <laughs> whatever his line was. But like, nobody does that. Like what? Yeah, it's a you know most flights are an hour and a half, two hours. Like even if you're going 13 hours to Asia, you can't go 13 hours without cranking it. Like people, yeah, come it's, on, it's people are the worst. Yeah. Um. So I was gonna do a what we can do uh, kind of what you're watching. I, the, I, I'm not. I'm. I've got two and, and they're not on my list. But I actually went back and I watched Naked Gun. And Naked Gun two and a half. They're on Netflix. They're on. They got re-added to Netflix, yeah. so they popped back up on my list. So it was late, a couple nights, and I, I watched them. Um, the first one's hilarious. And the second one's not as good as the first one. The third one's pretty good again, but the first one is. They hold classic. up. The, yeah, absolutely. like like I forget what movie we were talking about. I think it was uh, Necessary Roughness, and we were yeah. talking about how that movie didn't really it hold up really to what like twelve year old versions of us thought right. about it. Right. But like Naked Gun was my movie. Like yeah. growing up. I feel like that movie, that and Ace Ventura probably shaped my sense of humor probably more than than any other movie anyway. I probably, I probably had friends that shaped my, my sense of humor uh, just as much. But like, so I'm watching Naked Gun and like, I'm just smiling the entire time. I, I and actually like, watched it maybe two months ago. Laughing out loud, like, like just, and like, it's all coming back to me. I know what line's coming. <laughs> I know, like when he's in the hospital with Nordberg and... No, Frank. Drugs. Drugs. Heroin, Frank. Jeez, Nordberg. That's a pretty steep order. You're going to have to give me a couple of... Like, the whole... The, the whole thing. And then even... The second one wasn't as good, but it's still good. Yeah, it's still got like, some it's great still, parts. It's still one, held up. The first one's fantastic. Um, but yeah, my, one of my favorite things is when uh, when they have the, the police outline on the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time I see it, it makes me laugh. Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole... There's so many little pieces that if I hadn't watched it 20 times when I was little, I probably, you know, you, you just, you don't pick up on all of them. But like when he's... Or, at the end of the movie when he comes out as Enrico Palazzo and he's doing the, he's singing the national anthem, then he comes back and he's the ump, and then he does something to Reggie Jackson and one of the guys in the crowd just randomly says, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! <laughs> that, just, that cracks me up too. It's just, But it's a random thing that you might yeah. not ever hear because it's just kind of in the background of the movie. It yeah. just cracks me up. And just like how... When he's the umpire, how animated he gets with the strike calls. 
And then he ends up like busting out a dust buster to clean the yeah. plate. Then it's a Hoover. Like or, or they, when he's like in that lab, and there's like that giant guy, and you only see like up to his shoulders. And he's like, "Hey, hey, Ed, you got something?" And he's like, "No, no, the other side." And the guy knocks it, and like half a banana falls <laughs> off. I just stupid little stuff. But I anyway, think it's hilarious, if yeah. you got Netflix. Those movies hold up. Airplane They're worth holds up too. Airplane oh, airplanes! God, that movie's almost forty years old. And at this it, point. it holds up. So good. The, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in that movie where they will you tell your dad that he should try dragging Walton, uh, Walton up and down the floor, Walton's ass up and down the floor for forty minutes every night, right, or whatever. Yeah, right, right. I like when they go to the. Uh, when they go to be missionaries and he's going to teach them basketball. Yeah. <laughs> and like seven seconds later, they're throwing alley hoops to each other. <laughs> Spinning the ball on their finger and he's just like staring at them like, what just happened? That cracked me up. Yeah. Oh, the classics. The, the classics. classics. Anything you watch, you're watching? Um, well, so Messiah. I thought Messiah was really good. Yep, you told me. I'm going to um, add that to my list. I think we already talked about Don't Fuck With Cats. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything. Dan Hernandez doc. That was good, yeah. It was good. It wasn't. The way that they slipped in that he was gay or bisexual kind of flippantly and matter of fact, and it was like, well, wait a second, what? Like, because I, I didn't know that going into the documentary. I didn't documentary, know that either. But they just said it like it was... No. Common knowledge. Yeah. Maybe I'm just out of the loop. But like, well, it, it was just even, all of a sudden, this high school quarterback started talking about the relationship he, yeah, that they when had. He started in high talking about that. It was like, what? Wait, what? What did yeah. you just say? We're gonna need to back up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to rewind that. I don't know. But yeah, but that, I don't know. It was good, but um, I'm trying to think if I've watched anything else lately that's been good. I mean, I'm, I've made a recommendation to you, but I don't know that other people would like it. That Paddleton. Yeah. Um, Very good. Kind of a niche. Yeah. No, I can't, I can't really think. I don't think I've watched anything lately. Other than I want to see that Dracula. Have you seen that Dracula on Netflix? Mm-hmm. That looks good, but I haven't seen it yet. It's just like a three-part thing. Netflix has released a ton of stuff lately. I was looking last night for something, but like everything good is in a different language. Like I keep seeing these little like blurbs, and I'm like, oh, that looks good. And then next thing you know, it's in French or it's in you know Spanish or something. And it's like they're putting a ton of money into overseas dollars, but I wish those things would stay off my feed because I keep getting excited. Like, ooh, I'd like to watch this. Yeah. But I just, if I wanted to read, I'd read a book. <laughs> Lord knows you're not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right, you want to hit dad of the pod? So, mom of the pod, whoever it is. A Thai man's penis began to decay after he got it jammed in a metal pipe. So this is a son of the pod. Son of the pod. Yeah, son of the pod. So a Thai man's, think about this. You you have kids, you raise them, you spend all this time on them, you love them. And a Thai man's penis began to decay after he got it jammed in a metal pipe for five days and only sought medical attention after the pain became unbearable. The 21-year-old placed his penis in a sock and then put it into a metal cylinder and had sex with it last week. After climax, the tip had swollen so much the blood couldn't flow back, and he was stuck inside the makeshift sex toy. He must have really given it to that pipe. He wandered around his house for five days in extreme pain while trying a variety of lubricants to free himself from the jam. 
The unidentified man eventually dragged himself to the hospital in Bangkok and explained the situation to Wait doctors. Wait a second. Bangkok? Really? <laughs> Is it, hold on. Have we validated this story? It's true. Yeah. Um, he told medics that uh, he had used industrial equipment to masturbate twice before, but this time after experimenting with a sock, he climaxed and could not remove himself. He had endured the pain for five days with his penis rotting inside the contraption yeah. before he summoned up the strength to call for help. Uh, could you imagine... Like, rotting? Yeah, rotting. Your penis rotting. Yeah. I mean... And use they your got, hand, and, and guy. To get, to get him out, they they had to use, like, a grinder and oh. saw it off. Think of the precision you have to have with that grinder. Yeah, so they said the bolts and nuts he put on them, pardon the pun, bolts and nuts, ha, 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 were three Are millimeters you, wait, thick. Wait, did you get this from the onion? No. And Bangkok, they had to cut, they had to cut nuts and bolts. A small blade. They used 25 blades and spent more than three hours on the operation. Wonder what happened? Uh, it rotted. Did they have to cut I it think? off? Um, well, it doesn't say what happened. It said being stuck like this for three hours could cause someone to lose their penis, but this man was stuck for five days. I'm shocked that he even survived. Yes, he lost his penis, but he lived. Wow. So now he probably pees out of a little hole or something. But, yeah, could you imagine, like, you know, you're your parents, you spend all your time, you know, on your, and then that's what happens. Do you even go visit him in the hospital if that happens? I like, don't know. Look, man. I don't know. Of all the things that you could have had sex with, like that was the softest one. Right. The metal pipe. I just, people are weird. Yeah. People are so fucking weird. People. People. They're the worst. They are the worst. Elaine was right. They are the worst. Yeah. All I right. I've got another good one too, but maybe we'll save that for another day. Yeah, we don't want. It's about a grandpa. It's, a, it's our grand grandpa of the pod. Granddad of the pod. Granddad of the pod. We don't want to shoot our wad here. I want. All in one shot. Um, all right, I think that's probably good for the, for this episode. Kind of felt good to get back in, stretch out a little bit. Probably be sore tomorrow. You know, we haven't podcasted for a while, so it'll probably be a little sore. But uh, I think it's good. We'll try to try to come back in the in the next couple weeks. But yeah, I think I'm the same. Like I'm not gonna focus. I'm not focusing on the Browns all that much. So. That's usually what we talk about. So it might be a little sparse here while we uh, while we contemplate our fanhood. But yeah, and we were Jeff and I were talking about this. The other thing too that we don't have as many stories is because our kids are getting older, they're making better decisions, <laughs> right? And they're not doing things that are as, as you know funny. So you don't want me to come in here and tell you, yeah, you know, my son had a good day at school yesterday. Right. He did very well he's, in his biology test. He's turning into a fine young man. Right. Yeah, no, I've got a funny little Dexter story about him just kind of. Mimicking me and being a smartass that kind of made me wince and made me proud at the same time. But I will save that until next time. DNA is a hell of a thing. It, re- it really is. He did get some of it. I'm, yeah. I'm, it does make me proud. But until next time, I'm Jeff. Hey, Jeff. How's it going?